Hey y'all, I hope you're well. Welcome to another episode of Healthcare Boulevard. This is a podcast where we shine more light on healthcare and our goal here is to provide more options to people looking to choose healthcare as a career path, regardless of their background. My name is Sena Kakpomo and I am your host and creator here. I thank you for tuning in. I appreciate your support. Remember, you can tune Welcome back, Healthcare Boulevard fans. I am your host here, Sena Kapumo, and we are here with another, another guest speaker. Her name is Melissa, and she is an MOI technologist. Um, I'm excited to get started with her and hear more about her professional journey and what she can teach us about her field and learn more about what it is to be an MOI technologist. But first, let's introduce her. Melissa, welcome to Healthcare Boulevard. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me. Um, again, my name is Melissa Martinez. I'm an MRI technologist um, working out of Los Angeles, California, and here to shed some light on the career or whatever. Okay, let's do it. I love it. Um, <laughs> well, how did you get into the field? Um, to be honest, it was kind of like a, I always knew I wanted to go into the medical field. Never knew, like really knew what, um, which is why I got my bachelor's degree in kinesiology. Then I took kind of like a gap year, shadowed a couple different professions and came across MRI and just was really intrigued by the way that you could view the human body non-invasively and mm-hmm. kind of just decided to pursue that. And here I am two years later, still in that field. Oh, wow. Okay. So you've been an MI technologist for two years. Is that correct? Yes, a registered tech for two years now. Okay. Um, who were you shadowing when you came across, you know, this profession? Well, I kind of, I've had like all sorts of different jobs, um, like server, retail, tutoring. And I was actually working at a medical office mm-hmm. and um, one of our patients actually came in and she was an MRI tech and talked to a lot of nurses. And one of them actually let me go shadow at a Kaiser out in Fontana and I got to see their whole department and that's how I saw MRI and I was like well this is really cool like I want to pursue that mm-hmm. um, and they were really nice kind of showed me what a day in the life of the tech would be and I don't know it just really intrigued me and de- decided to go for it right right okay so once you decide to go for it what did you have to do what's the educational requirement to become an MRI technologist uh, well it depends on kind of what it is you want to do Um, like I said, I have my bachelor's degree, which is not necessarily needed to start MRI school. Um, I did a two year program, but because I have a bachelor's, I already had a lot of like the prerequisites. Um, and it only took me about like, I think it was 12 months to finish it. Um, and, but usually it's like your AA and if you want to, you could do a bachelor's degree in it. Or if you want to do like a rad tech, you could do like your undergrad in rad tech. And that's like you get your x-ray, your CT, and your MRI license, and you're able to do all modalities. Okay. Um, so again, it depends on like what kind of specialty you want right. to focus on. Okay. So for you, you are in a two-year program. So is that is that standard for MRI school is generally a two-year program? Generally two years, yes. And then okay. you have to do like your clinical rotation hours, and then you have to sit for your registry exam. Mm-hmm. And then once you do that, then you get hired wherever okay. you personally go okay and your clinical rotations are after your didactic years yes after didactic years okay and in terms of um 
getting into it, do you have, what are the, usually the prerequisites that they're asking for? Uh, you could actually do, you could just um, apply to school. And then all I had to do was like this, I don't even remember what kind of test it was. It was like a very basic, like, like elementary level test. Mm -hmm. um, and once you get in, like you do all your prereqs. And I guess the main thing they do tell you is like, can you pass a criminal check, like a background check? Okay. Uh, because it is a medical field and they say like if you finish school and you have a criminal record then obviously you won't be able to your chances of like yeah so that that was mainly like the main thing they said like if you have any kind of record just to be upfront with them mm -hmm. um, other than that uh, the prereqs you do them as you go in that two-year program okay so it's not something where there's like a laundry list of things you have to take before you even get into the program or anything no, um, like I said, it's included in the two years. The classes you'll be taking are like your anatomy, physiology, um, I think biology, medical terminology, but mm -hmm. that that's included within your AA. Within your three, okay. Um, uh -huh. And that's usually found in an associate, is it usually in a community college or do they usually have like a MRI school specific? Yeah, you could do a community college. You could do even some four-year universities have it, or okay. you could go to like a private school. Um, mm -hmm. And they have like MRI school as well. Mm -hmm. um, so as an MRI technologist, what are you looking at? What, are, what What's your day like? Let's start with that. So my day, my day is a little bit long because I work uh, short weeks, long days. So I do three days, 12 hours. Um, so it's very busy. I work at a high paced facility and the start of my day, what I do when I get in, I, you know, make sure the machine's on and working well. I go through my prescriptions to make sure everything matches, start prepping the room. Once the patient's there, I screen them. That meaning that, you know, MRI is a big, huge magnet. So you could really harm someone if they have something in their body, like an implant. So you screen them, you educate them, kind of tell them what to expect. You position them um, based on what body part needs to be scanned and what the doctor wants to see. Um, you'll position them, you'll do the scan, make sure that everything looks okay. Talk the patient through the procedure. Um, many times doctors want an IV injection with contrast to kind mm -hmm. of see any pathologies. The contrast will just enhance that. So we do start IVs. Um, once the like the exam's over, we send everything over to the radiologist, make sure we got everything we have. And it's pretty much like that moving forward, like every patient while still checking all your prescriptions for the next day to make sure there's no discrepancies. Mm -hmm. um, so it's very high pace. There's a lot of multitasking involved but I feel like it's a it's a rewarding job or re rewarding to do a, like a opportunity mm -hmm. to help you know in patient care and be involved in right so you are so you are in in, in an inpatient setting I'm in an inpatient setting um, however an MRI technologist could work at a um, no, I'm in an outpatient setting excuse me oh. Um, but you could also work like in a hospital, mm -hmm. you could work in research. Um, there's even like where you could work with animals, like at a zoo. So there's a lot of different kinds of offices and places you could work at doing MRI. Right. Is the training the same? Say you wanted to switch to uh, work at a zoo, for example, versus working with human, would you need to do an additional training or would you be trained on the job? Um, many times they'll train you on the job mm -hmm. um, just because you do have to know your anatomy. Right. So like the human anatomy is pretty much 
all similar, um, patient to patient. I mean, we have the same body, um, but for an animal, you would have to learn their anatomy. So yeah, there's definitely some, some teaching, some additional teaching that needs to go on before you could go into doing like that animals and, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I don't work with animals. I just, I work with outpatients. Um, I've done some inpatient where you see non-ambulatory patients, um, ICU patients. So you could pretty much, uh, there's geriatric, there's peds, like there's everything within mm-hmm. MRI. Mm-hmm. So are you, as you're working as an MRI tech, do you, what other professionals do you work with? Do you interact with besides, of course, a physician who may be uh, oftentimes ordering the MRI? Um, it's mainly just uh, for MRI, we uh, we have like our front desk. So you work with like your front desk a lot to make sure that everything, the orders are processed correctly. Um, and it's the referring doctors. But the main people we work with are the radiologists who are the reading, um, the reading doctors. Anything that needs some medical clearance always goes through our medical director. Because um, a lot of times you'll see like patient has this kind of implant and they have no information on it. We have to make sure that we get medical clearance or if there's, we see something like a patient has like a tumor, we call the radiologist, send it over. He has to tell us like, okay, I want these additional scans or no, the patient's okay. Just so mainly the, the person you, you are in contact with the most will be the reading radiologist because that's the person that's going to be dictating the exam and doing the diagnostics off of it. So we want to make sure they have a good look at. Right. what it is that need to be able to diagnose a patient and get the proper treatment for them. So it's important to, to in this position, it seems like for to make sure you're communicating clearly, not just to the patient, but of course, to the people that you may need to talk to, to make sure they can help you either clear the patient to do the MRI or send them for another scan or so forth. Exactly. Yeah. So there's like a lot of the times, like there's multiple doctors involved. Sometimes you have a really easy patient or it's just a standard routine and you don't even have to talk to the doctors. You just send everything over. Right. Uh, but then you do have those complicated cases where it's like, oh, I was a welder. I got like metal in my eyes or I have this implant. It was implanted in like the 50s and I have no information on it. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes you have to send them over to get like an x-ray to make sure they're clear to go into the MRI. Because again, it's a big magnet and magnets and electronical devices don't always mix well. Right, right, right. Um, okay, and in this position, what would you say is your favorite part of the position? Being able to see what like the actual anatomy looks like, like seeing mm-hmm. the muscles, the bones, the tendons, and even how to see like what pathologies look like. Like I grew up playing sports, so I would mm-hmm. get hurt a lot. So when I have patients that come in for like, I don't know, like a sprained ink or a torn muscle, it's really cool. I mean, it's unfortunate for them, but it's really cool to be able to see what that looks like, like non-invasively. Right. So that that's I would say that's like one of my favorite parts is seeing like what a disease looks like, what a broken bone looks like, what a strained muscle looks like. Right. You're able to see things that normally you wouldn't be able to see with your naked eye or be able to touch, but you know it's there because you can actually see it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and what's your not so favorite part or challenges? um like anything patient care mm-hmm. it's always the patient you don't know what you're gonna get um for the most part they're usually like you know very nice people um in, in MRI you're gonna come across the claustrophobic patient and that's where you'll really have to be patient 
um, and kind of get them through it. Sometimes you won't have a success rate with them because it, that's just like a mental block that a patient can't get through. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess like the bigger picture of like MRI, I would say the toughest part of it is if you work at a facility with a high volume, which is kind of where I'm at, you're constantly like moving, moving, like you have to stay on time. So not only do you have to provide like good patient care, you also have to do it quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause if you fall behind an MRI, everything's time, like each scan, you get a certain amount of time for mm-hmm. And like, if you are like one minute behind, it just snowballs and you could end up your being like 20, 30 minutes behind by the next patient and the falling, it's just longer and longer. And it delays your whole day. Then you have the doctors that are upset with you. The front is upset with you. The next patient's upset. Um, So timing, timing, Mm. time management is probably the toughest thing to stay on top of while Mm. I'm working. What Um, do you usually do for those patients who who have, you know, claustrophobia, who are claustrophobic? um, So it's just educating the patient, making sure that they feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. um, Always reminding them that, you know, they're not alone and that ultimately they have the, the choice if they want to proceed with the exam or not. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot of patients and, and like a lot of babying them um, and reminding them that, you know, they're in control. And right. what I do usually like in MRI, you have like a speaker, like an intercom where you can communicate with your patients. Mm-hmm. I just check in with them, tell them how much time is left and kind of some reassurance that, you know, they're doing a great job. Um, like I said, patience is like the biggest thing, but it's also hard because you only get a certain amount of time. Right. And again, not all facilities are such high volume and um, high pace, but in the environment I am, I had to kind of learn to work fast, but mm-hmm. still provide great patient care. And I've been doing that for two years and I think I've gotten the hang of it. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. Um, now, do you have a specific demographic of patients you're working with oftentimes in terms of whether it's age or different diagnosis? What are usually the patients walking through? Your- yeah, so for, for the office I work at, like I said, I'm in an outpatient office. Mm-hmm. So our patients aren't necessarily like bedridden. They're not like it, like critically ill, how you would see in a hospital setting. Right. Um, but I do see uh, most of my patients are like mid-age patients. I get a lot of, you know, geriatric patients and we see occasional peds as well, like little kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but mainly all my patients are ambulatory and coherent. They're self-sufficient. They could get themselves in and out um, opposed to like a hospital setting, which I've seen, which, which I've actually been in. And you have to sometimes you're working with patients that aren't even uh, like awake. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and so again, each, each setting has their own demographics they see, but for the kind of setting I'm in right now, it's all um, outpatient ambulatory for the most part, you'll get like people in wheelchairs, but they're still like functioning and able to move right. themselves around. Okay. Um, and in terms of your shift right now, you say you work three days on a weekday and twice a week, two, two days a weekend. Is that normal for for MI tech or is it what's the sh- usual shift? Um, for usually you'll get like a normal like eight to five or eight like eight or what is it nine to six mm-hmm. um, five days a week, and then a lot of the times you have like a morning shift and you have like the mid shift or the night shift. Again, it depends on the kind of um, place you work at. Hospitals have I believe three shifts, and then like you're on call as well. 
Mm-hmm. Um, my office, I do three days, 12 hours, occasional weekends. And then sometimes I'll pick up a fourth day if the volume is really high. Okay. Um, but majority of places you do work like your normal eight hour days. Mm-hmm. And they're usually, if they're an outpatient center, they're usually from like eight to five. And Again, with that being said, how would you say your work-life balance is with this position? Um, it's, I, I feel like I have a good balance. Mm-hmm. Uh, the three days, for at, at least in the current position I'm in right now, I'm only there three days, so I have four days off. Um, sometimes it could be a little unpredictable, but I do feel like I have enough free time. Although I'm stuck at work literally from like sun, sunrise to sunset, like uh, on the days that I do have off, I'm free, like they're off for me. So for that particular schedule, I do feel like the work-life balance is good because it's not a career where you take your work home, mm-hmm. um, like how some doctors or like even I feel like teachers, um, they take their work home. We, we don't have to really worry about that. We clock out and you're done for the day. The next day is like a fresh start. Right, right. Um, and what are opportunities for furthering your education slash career as an MRI tech? So an MRI, um, there's like different levels of it, depending on like the setting you're in. Again, the setting has to do a lot with how they operate. Mm-hmm. Um, you could start off as like a tech aide. And from a tech aide, that's like the person who just helps the technologist, like bring patients back, set them up. Uh, from that, you can move into tech one position, which is like doing like the basic routine scans. Then there's like the tech two who does more of the specialty scans. Um, there's also a thing called M- a MRSA, which is like an MRI safety officer who could then take on the role of making sure that um, we're operating with the safe, the safe guidelines to keep our patients and like the site safe. Okay. And then I've actually also seen technologists jump into like operations and management. So there is a lot of growth within mm-hmm. the field. Um, mm-hmm. If it's something you're like wanting to do. Mm-hmm. I know, there, I know two different people who have jumped from like a tech position to a management position. Okay. Um, and again, it kind of just depends on what you see yourself doing and if you want to stay as a tech or if you want to grow within it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and for you particularly, what do you, what are your future aspirations um, <laughs> as if, you know, professionally speaking? Yeah. See, like my, that's always like a, a funny question when I get asked, because I feel like my kind of personality, I'm someone who likes to keep learning. Mm-hmm. And as far as like for the rest of my life, career wise, I really don't know what it is I can see myself doing for the rest of my life. Like right now I'm happy doing it, like doing this. Right. Um, it'll definitely be something in the medical field, but I'm opening, like I'm open to adapting into like new roles, um, depending on what it is that interests me at that point of my life. Right. That's a very liberating, um, way of, of living your, your professional life for sure, because I know it can be a lot of pressure try to, you know, get to this or get to that, but uh, it's it's nice to see somebody who's just enjoying what they're doing and uh, ready to take on the challenges as it comes so yeah. thank you for that but I did want to ask you before um, I let you go are there specialization in MOI technologies like can you specialize in let's say 
certain specialties like OBGYN, MOI, or like brain, or like heart, or what have you? Uh, mainly like you could do, once you become an MRI technologist, you mm-hmm. have to learn how to scan it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is like sites where you could specialize in like breast MRI, but in MRI, it's not as popular to do that just because when you're hired, that that um, particular like position will want you to know how to scan everything. They don't want to like hire someone who only does this or only does that. They're pretty much ex- not expected, but re- they want to have someone who's well-versed in all types of scans. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with that being said, like there is some techs who know more. Um, like I'm still a very new tech, so I'm still learning, but you do have techs who like know how to scan like cardio, like the heart, the vessels, like runoffs. Um, mm-hmm. Those are specialties you could pick up, but it's not something that you'll just be expected to perform all day. Right. Um, but again, it, it will depend on the facility, like the kind of setting you're in. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. for the most part, you want to be well-rounded and know how to scan everything. That's usually what a position will want to Mm-hmm. And also, that's how you're trained, right? Is to and you're trained to understand and be able to scan everything. Exactly. Yeah. But like, if you were hired in by cardiology, so to speak, then you by the time you get out of that position, you'll be like, you'll be know all about the heart and maybe lacking a little bit on your auto, so to speak. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So again, it goes um working like where you work, the setting you work in, and what kind of like. A lot of the time I've seen that it depends where the location's at. Mm-hmm. Like for us, I was working, I was doing my student hours um, in an outpatient center that was by a, I can't remember what kind of doctor he was, but all we would see was MSK. Mm-hmm. And it was like a lot of joints and mm-hmm. ortho, I guess. But um, yeah, it depends also where the facility is located, what kind of doctors refer to you. Right. Um, so yeah, if you have like a, cardiologists working down the street they'll probably refer a lot of their patients to you mm-hmm. um, and again I work in LA and like the and the medical plaza so we see we see it all everything uh, yeah um if you don't have anything else to add do you what are some advice you may have for folks who are wanting to get into that field as an MOI technologist uh my biggest advice because it's what helped me the most would be um, try to see if you could find someone that'll let, let you shadow them and really get to see what a full day of being a tech is like. Mm-hmm. Um, because it is a lot of, you're on your feet. I'm on my feet pretty much all the time. Um, moving, scanning, the kind of the pace, the environment, and the kind of personality it also takes a, a like a, you have to have the right personality to be able to adapt to every kind of patient and being able to experience that in person. Mm-hmm. is going to be key to like knowing if this is something that you'll be happy doing or not that's mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yes, fair well that is all I have for you today Melissa thank you so much for joining I appreciate you taking the time off your beautiful Sunday um, <laughs> for joining us here on Healthcare Boulevard um, that's it have a beautiful evening and beautiful day <laughs> thank you you too Alrighty. All right, that's all I have for you today. Thank you again for joining me. I appreciate you. Please subscribe, follow, like, comment, and share. And uh, stay blessed. Bye.